you glad that he's alive tonight? Are you really glad that he's alive tonight? Thank you, Jesus. I am cleansed. I am washed. I've been water baptized. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. It is good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. Thank you to all of you that are here with us. If you're a guest here with us, we want to welcome you here at Greater Life Church tonight and tell you how thankful we are that you are here tonight. To those watching online, we say hello. We miss you. And we know that there are circumstances for the reason you are home and want to be here. And we're praying those circumstances change. I know that they've already begun. But we miss each of you that are home tonight, those watching online. And we love you tonight. Amen. Are you, are you really thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight? Amen. I enjoy... Every time we get to come into the house of the Lord, whenever it is, amen, it's good to be with God's people. We had a men's breakfast a few Saturdays ago, and man, we just had a wonderful time. Just just being with God's people just makes you feel better, amen, and I'm thankful you took time to be here tonight. And tonight we're going to begin a new module to our Element series so far, we have completed foundational elements and doctrinal elements. And tonight, we'll begin our next module, which is relational elements. Relational elements. And how many of you know that God desires for you to be whole? That song we just sang says, I've been made whole. God desires that for you. Not to just be touched. Not to just get goosebumps and man, that was a good service, but to truly be changed in such a way that you can leave made whole, complete, no part left undone. That's what God desires for each of us. So many times in scripture, we see that he heals. Amen. He heals. But there are some that come back and he says, it's thy faith. That hath made thee whole. So there's a difference of being healed and being made whole. And I want to be made whole tonight. Amen. So tonight we're going to be discussing emotional wholeness. Emotional wholeness. Genesis chapter 37. Read verses 3, 4, and 5 says, now Israel loved Joseph more than all of his children because he was the son of his old age and he made him a coat of many colors. And when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than all of his brethren, they hated him and could not speak peaceably unto him. And Joseph dreamed a dream and he told his, to his brethren, and they hated him yet the more. What were they dealing with? Emotions. Emotions. You can be seated tonight. How many of you know what an emoji is? I hear laughs throughout the building. That tells me yes or you don't have a clue. But emoji is a small digital image or icon used to express an emotion. 
This famous way of expressing oneself by emoji began in 1997 in Japan with around 90 emojis that were simply black icons on a white screen. Since then, it has morphed to now, if you were to open an iPhone, you would have 3,353 different emojis. That's a lot of expressions. That's a lot of different types of emotions, and we've probably seen just about all of them. You'd think that, but you might get surprised tomorrow. All to express yourself and to communicate in a unique way by showing these digital images to express an emotion. And it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out what these emojis mean. Brother Andrew, if you'll show me one of those, what is that expression? Happy. Happy. All right, let's see another one. Uh Uh-oh. Angry. Upset. All right, let's see another one. Uh, Frustrated, maybe. Disappointed. Really, man? Come on. Not too sure. Mm, Some of you making that face right now. All right, I think we got one more. Oh, that one. Sad. The sad face. All it is is one simple icon and you immediately know the emotion that somebody's trying to convey just by them clicking a face on their phone and sending it to you. And there's countless others. There's angry. There's sick. There's ones that have steam coming out of their ears and mind blown and all kinds of expressions that you can express But we also have these emotions, and sometimes our face is not very good at hiding. Even behind a mask, sometimes you can see people's emotions. You can see that they're not too happy about the mask that they're wearing. You can see that they're not too happy with the situation that they are in. Because our face lets out a whole lot more than our mouth does sometimes. Here in our text tonight, we see some brothers who were experiencing some deep emotions. Verse 8 goes on to say that they hated him yet the more for his dream and his words. Verse 11 says, and his brethren envied him. They conspired against him to slay him. Verse 20 says, come now, therefore, and let us slay him and cast him into some pit. Now, we've expressed a whole lot of emotions, and we've probably been in some places where we wanted to do a whole lot of things that we're thankful we had the Holy Ghost when that situation came up. Because we could have responded a whole lot differently. And that's why it is so important that we make sure that we take hold of our emotions and we do have the Holy Ghost with us so that we do not respond in a negative manner. These brothers are saying all of these things, not because of a physical altercation, not because Joseph came out there swinging punches and making them angry, but out of a response of something that had happened in their home And some things that they had observed looking at and saying, now hold on. I've been here a lot longer. I've worked a lot harder. I'm the oldest. I'm the strongest. I'm the wisest. And then here comes this guy. My brother. 
And all of a sudden, dad loves him more than me. Dad loves him more than all of us put together. And he has presented him with this wonderful gift. Truthfully, their eyes were not even on Joseph. You say, well, yeah, that's why they were mad and that's why they were upset. Well, the scripture says, when his brethren saw that their father loved him more than his brethren. But they weren't mad at daddy. They weren't mad at dad for for responding this way. They became jealous towards him. This kind of affection towards Joseph was a great indicator to the brothers that Joseph was going to be the chief heir. So there's already frustration, already anger, already some hurt. And then to add insult to injury, Joseph said, hold on, I just had a God dream. Oh, this guy. Dad's favorite and God speaking to him in dreams. And he says, oh, now let me tell you about my dreams. One of these days, you're all, you're all going to bow before me. Okay. You just crossed the line. Now, let's throw this kid in a pit, okay? Let's get rid of our brother. This is nonsense. And all kinds of emotions are coming up from inside of these brothers because of how things had been handled. The Bible says they hated him. That's a very strong emotion, but some of us have experienced that emotion. Some of us have had things that have been done to us or to our family or to someone that we love. And the only emotion that we can think of is hate. Their relationship in the family was marred because of their emotions. Because of how they were responding to this situation. Then we see Joseph, who trial after trial, lie after lie, being led through all kinds of ups and downs, remained faithful. He was forgotten. And if anybody had an opportunity to be bitter... If anybody had the opportunity to show strong emotions and to be upset and to be frustrated and to let those out, it was Joseph. Because from then on, his life was not this easy, you know, hey, I've got it made because I'm daddy's favorite. No, it was a challenging, challenging life for him moving forward. If someone wanted to be upset about life, it could have been Joseph. Because he, after all this, and then he gets thrown into prison, and it's years later. We imagine the story of him being in prison, and three days later, there go the baker and the butler, and then he's out. No big deal. But it's years later that he's finally able to exit that prison. Before he was finally promoted. But once that happened, these brothers show back up in need of help. Now... How would you and I respond? When those brothers that threw us into the pit and talked about us and shamed us and sold us and told dad that we had died, come back to our front door and knocking and asking for help. Truthfully, I want you to think right now, how would I respond to that? I know how I would respond. I know the emotions that would probably come up inside of me and they would not be nice. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Come on in. This is where we see if we are in control of our emotions 
or if our emotions are in control of us. Joseph, he hides these emotions and buries them for a period of time. He he disguises himself and has an interpreter and he is not letting his brothers know who he is. He is suppressing these emotions. Why did he do that? Why did he disguise himself? Why did he not want to let the cat out of the bag yet? What emotions must he have been feeling when all of this is transpiring? And then finally, when he had had enough, the Bible says he began to weep. And he began to cry out and revealed who he was. And the Bible says that they were troubled at his presence. Now, therefore, he says unto them, be not grieved nor angry with yourselves that you sold me hither. For God did send me before you to preserve my life. In this moment where it would be very easy for things to get to become an emotional roller coaster and us to allow all of these things to overtake us and anger to probably rise up and, and that bitterness to happen again and who knows what they may be feeling in that moment. But he said, don't be grieved nor angry with yourself because God had a plan in all of this. God was with me even in the pit. God was with me even in the prison. And though it was hard and though I, I had plenty of days of emotions, I'm here today by the faithfulness of God and the goodness of God. That man had a grip on his emotions. That man understood something that others did not. He recognizes and over time was able to see something his brothers did not. So he tells them, don't be grieved nor angry. Don't allow those emotions to rise. Because God sent me before you to preserve life. This all played out the way it was supposed to. And God did exactly what he said he would do. And so it is with our point number one, our refuge. We too can turn to God for help with our emotions. Does his word not tell us that he cares for us? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God cares for you? Do you believe that tonight? Some of you don't know because of trials and circumstances. Some of you are in that pit. You're in the prison. And so there's that question mark. But I'm telling you, God cares about you. God cares about the emotions that you feel. He cares about where you are. He cares about every hurt, every time that you're rejoicing. He loves you. He loves you. If I truly care for someone, I care not only about their physical well-being, But I also care about their emotional well-being. And I care about their feelings. God is that place that we can go to when we are in need of help. For Hebrews 4 says, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in when? In time of need. You see, some have the assumption that once you live for God, that you don't have any more bad days. That you get the Holy Ghost and there goes your bad attitude. There goes anger and bitterness and and sadness and anxiety and fear. That the moment that you get the Holy Ghost, all that's out the window. 
And it also creates this delusion in new believers' mind that says, well, perhaps I've done something wrong because I have the Holy Ghost, but yet I'm struggling. Did God really not fill me with the Holy Ghost? Did God really not save me and redeem me? It creates this false idea that just because we've gotten the Holy Ghost, that everything changes. As Brother James Hughes says, if you were rude before you got the Holy Ghost, you can be rude after you got the Holy Ghost. There's some things that we've just got to get a hold of and say, this is part of who I am, but it doesn't have to be that way. I need to, I need to be a man and handle business and say, buddy, you can't act like this. You can't allow that anger to overtake you. And that's really challenging when you live in Houston. That's really challenging when you live in the world we live in today. Amen? But you can take hold of these emotions, and Joseph proves that to us. People come and they say, well, I must not have really received God because I got angry on the way to work Monday morning. And then I walk in into the office and the boss is hollering at me and he's telling me he's cutting my pay and now I'm crying. And, and I've got all of these emotions. But hear me tonight. These human emotions are God given. God is not put off or surprised by how you react. John 11.35 tells me something. Anybody know what that is? Jesus wept. That was an emotion. That was something that he felt. Many times the scripture said Jesus had compassion on them. That's an emotion. 1 Kings 11 and 9 says, And the Lord was angry with Solomon. Ephesians says, be angry and sin not. But how do I do that? How do I allow myself to be angry and not sin? Well, anger is an emotion that's okay to express. But one translation, I love how it said it. It said, if you are angry, don't sin by nursing your grudge. By sitting there and convincing yourself over and over again that you have a right to be angry. You have a right to be bitter. You have a right to be frustrated. And, and you just sit there and you, well, they did this and they, and you make up excuses and you sit and you endure a lifetime of that hate that only grows deep seated roots of bitterness that will destroy you. Don't nurse your grudge. Don't let the sun go down while you're still angry. Get over it quickly. Woo! That ain't Brother Landon telling you that tonight. That's the word of God. Get over it. Quickly. So when there's an issue and you have that moment of frustration and you have that moment of anger and that emotion that got carried away, get over it quickly. Because if you don't, it will destroy you. And it goes on to say, for when you are angry, you give a mighty foothold to the devil. Woo. Just that moment of anger, if you're not careful and you don't take it under control, you will give not just a foothold, but a mighty foothold to the devil. You will give him an opportunity to do some things that you never wanted him to do. But because you did not control your emotions, you gave him an open door. 
That's how important it is for us to get a hold of our emotions. Your emotions are okay. They are there for a reason. But don't allow them to control your life. Don't allow yourself to have the mindset that all of these things are negative. Don't call them negative emotions. That makes it sound like you're flawed or or that you're messed up and you're a failure. Rather, call them what they are. They are strong emotions. Emotions are a normal part of the human experience. He knows us better than we know ourselves. And he encourages us to come boldly to him. To come to him in prayer. He's not ashamed of us. He's not turning away in those moments of being upset. Some of the best times in prayer is when I've been able to come in with God With nobody else in the room. And I may holler and I may pound the floor and I may yell or cry. or It's just when you let all those emotions out, you feel good. And God doesn't sit there and say, now you sorry joker. Why are you in here crying? Why are you? Now he may straighten you out. He may sit there and talk with you. There's times you have a little talk with Jesus and there's times Jesus has a little talk with you. But those moments where you just let it all out before, that's what he wants. He wants to hear from you. He wants to know what you're going through. He wants relationship with you. He's saying, talk to me. Come on. Cast all your burdens upon me. I care for you. Let it all out. Let that happen. As a parent, I do not expect my boys to figure everything out on their own. Rather, they're going to learn by example, by instruction, by failure, by disappointments, by hurt. And we must give them that opportunity to learn. And God is the same way with us tonight. If I don't grasp my emotions, well, guess what? I can try again tomorrow. If today I've already messed up and you're here tonight and you say, Brother Lynn, I'm glad we don't do confession because I'd be here a while. There's emotions that we don't always have a hold of, but God says, that's all right. That's all right. I am your refuge. I'm that safe place you can come to. We can work all of these things out. I can work with you on that. Just keep coming to the house of God. Brings us to point number two that is the purpose of our emotions. Our emotions are feedback indicators. Just as a physical pain tells us something is wrong and prompts us to pay attention so we can fix it. Our emotions are also indicators that show up for us and others. Emotions are the only true way that a baby can communicate. They can't talk. They can't come and say, hey, I need this, I need that. No, they're going to cry They're going to holler out and and a mom, a good mom, a good parent is going to know the difference of their cries because those emotions are indicators not only to that baby, but to somebody around them. This one needs help and not just help. This is the kind of help they need. Sometimes you may be saying something that is causing hurt and you see tears start falling to that one that you're talking to and you realize I went too far. Perhaps I need to pump the brakes And I need to apologize because I just crossed a line and said some things I probably shouldn't have said. 
It wasn't my emotions, but their emotions was coming out on their face, and it was an indicator for me. It's like the lights on your dashboard. Everything's all fine, and then all of a sudden, ding. Okay, what is that? What does that mean? What is that telling me that needs to be fixed? What is that light telling me is wrong? We must remember these emotions serve a purpose. Anger serves a purpose because anger is considered a secondary emotion, which simply means if we could stop and consider why we are angry, we would discover that there's something else that stirred us that produced that anger. There was hurt there. Something was said. There was another emotion that took place that then in the response created anger. In dealing with these issues, most of the time, it is a matter of going into a place to pray and saying, dude, you're not getting up until all this is worked out. It would do us a favor every once in a while to just go lock ourselves in a room and say, I'm not moving, I'm not leaving until I have prayed through. Because some of these emotions are not what the doctor's telling me. Some of the things that I'm dealing with are not what my friends and family are telling me they are. But it is a spiritual issue. You hear me? And if I would go and I would sit down and I would pray, some of these things would take care of themselves. There's been a lot of times that I've gone to God in prayer, not knowing what the outcome was going to be. And in the moment God changed it, I didn't have to go anywhere else. I didn't have to go talk to my parents. I didn't have to go talk to my friends. I didn't have to go to anybody else because I talked to God and we worked it all out. He can do more in a moment than a therapist can do in a lifetime. He's that kind of God. Some will find results when they speak with their pastor or other church leaders. Some find answers in books and articles. And some even professional help is needed. And that's okay. Say it. That's okay. It's okay to get professional help. If I break my leg tonight, I ain't coming running to one of you to come fix it. I'm going to look for a professional. Because there's a pain that I need help with. It's the same with emotions. You may be well qualified in certain areas, but there's some things you may not be qualified to help me with. That's okay. These strong emotions we have are just as serious as a physical pain. We go to doctors to take care of those things because our life depends on it. Your emotional well-being should be no different. Your emotional wholeness is important to God, just like your physical wholeness. God wants you complete in every way. It doesn't have to be embarrassing. You don't have to feel shame. You respond to your indicators and you take action. If there is a signal going on that is telling you something is not right, it needs to be addressed and we need to fix this, then let's get it fixed. Let's take care of it. Let's do whatever we've got to do to make sure that we're whole. That brings us to our third point, and that is our response to powerful emotions. To find wholeness, we must, say I must, acknowledge and address these emotions. You will never be able to address something until you first acknowledge it. 
I thought that was such a powerful statement. You will never be able to address something until you first acknowledge it. There are some people who know something is wrong, but they refuse to acknowledge it. They're just going to keep going like, no big deal, I'm fine, everything's great, everything's grand. Because maybe it's embarrassing, maybe they, they don't have the money to take care of it, maybe, whatever the reason may be, they're just not, they're not acknowledging it. And because they will not acknowledge it, there's no way to ever address the situation. There's no way you're ever going to be whole by simply living that way. We must learn to acknowledge and address these emotions. Because if you do not, then you are going to create a curse that will be passed down to somebody else to have to break. Jacob's favoritism that he was pouring out upon Joseph, it gave birth to jealousy, to anger, and to hurt. But let me remind you tonight that Jacob's parents also played this favoritism card. Jacob and Esau had one love one and one love the other. And so that's all he knew was favoritism. Well, I was mama's favorite. Esau was daddy's favorite. I guess I got to have a favorite. And so because they did not break that mindset... Now you've created another issue and another son that's passing on favoritism. And that's creating jealousy and anger and hurt and bitterness. And it didn't have to be that way. All because somebody else didn't take hold of their own emotions and they didn't handle their own business. And now they're passing it on to their kids and their grandkids. It was not dealt with then. And so now it is carried over into another generation. Our painful emotions will not go away by just ignoring them. In fact, the opposite will occur. And it will only spread and take over. Perhaps things would have been different if the brothers would have went and talked to Jacob about their feelings. Perhaps they could have explained why they were angry and upset. Instead of just letting it push them to the place where they were ready to kill their own brother. Some families, they bottled their emotions up because they shy away from conflict, resulting in suppressing and ignoring issues. And then you've got other families that embrace conflict. They're excited every time somebody starts arguing. They're excited that they're about to get to throw something and slam a door and say some mean words. They're ready to throw down and they've been waiting for this opportunity. And so they embrace conflict in an explosive manner, using harmful words, bad actions to vent feelings because they are going to be heard. And in both instances, neither could say that they have truly learned how to properly deal with their emotions. Because it's not good to just bottle everything up and suppress those feelings and ignore it. And it's also not good to just blow up on everybody every time that you get upset. So you've got to figure out, how do I do this? It's not up to my neighbor. It's not up to my spouse. It's not up to my children. It's up to me to control my emotions. James 1 says, Be ye doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving your own selves. For if any be a hearer of the word and not a doer, He's like unto a man beholding his face in a glass. 
For he beholdeth himself and goeth his way and straightway forgot what manner of man he was. He acknowledged, but he didn't address it. He saw it there and kind of moved on. He didn't take time to deal with what needs to be done. By only acknowledging there are emotions that we have, we can be likened to the one that we're referring to here who looks in a mirror, walks away immediately and forgets what he saw. But addressing our emotions is like looking in the mirror, thinking about what we see and responding appropriately. It's what most of us do in the morning. We sit there and we look and we say, okay, there's a problem. I can't go to work looking like that. So before I do, there's some things I've got to address before I can walk outside of this house. Because otherwise, if I'm just acknowledging it and moving on, I'm going to get some of those emojis reactions from people. What did this guy didn't even brush his hair? This guy, this lady, did she look in the mirror this morning? Oh, she did, but she just acknowledged it. She didn't address it. It's important to address what you see. And that's why it's important that we do self-evaluation of ourselves. If you haven't caught on yet, these two are very different things. Acknowledging is saying, hi, anger, I see you. But it never changes. We know... That we have issues. We know we have anger. We know we have sadness. We see all these things. But until we address it, it's never going to change. There are three ways to tackle difficult situation. One is you change the situation. You try something different. You try to go about it a different way. Number two is you leave your situation. I've tried to change it. I've tried to go about it a different way. Things aren't changing, so I'm leaving the situation. Or then you've got number three, and that is change the way you think about the situation. And that's hard. The other two are fairly easier. But this one, to change the way you think about the situation. Remember, God desires for you to be whole. He wants you to have peace of mind. So how do I do that? That's point number four. How do I do that? Is establishing new habits. To be emotionally whole, we may need... Some form of new habit. Paul tells us to pursue peace. Guard our hearts and our thoughts. As brother James Hughes said time and time again. Jesus said blessed are the peace makers. You make it happen. You choose that life. Joy is a lifestyle choice. Being courageous means living a lifestyle of bravery. And encouragement to others. It does not just happen. You don't wake up one day and say, I'm going to be nice today. And it just works out. No, it's a day by day thing that you've got to live throughout the day and not just be a a hearer of that word, but a doer also. In the same, I don't believe anyone wakes up and says, now how can I be a complete rude person today? I don't believe anybody says, how can I just ruin somebody's day? Some of you might, I don't know. But it's it's our choice. I get to choose my response and my reaction. Our habits will help us in our efforts to be emotionally whole. May I understand 
It is going to take time. Lifestyle changes take time, whether that's health and fitness, financial changes, relationships, whatever it may be. It doesn't happen overnight. It's going to take time. Now, you see, when I was younger, I could get an attitude adjustment really quick. All it took was a little meeting with dad in another room. And what I went in with, I left with a different outlook on life. I had a very quick attitude adjustment. It didn't take a long time to adapt. But as I've gotten older, you would think it would get easier to adjust your attitude. But the truth is, it doesn't. And now daddy's not there to adjust my attitude. Now it doesn't happen so quickly. Now my attitude lingers a little bit longer. And maybe if there was some repercussions for our attitude like I had when I was younger, we may change quicker. But that doesn't happen today. I would have my attitude adjusted and sometimes that would involve some tears. But before I walked out that door, I better dry it up. So not only did I go in and get a new emotion... But before I walk out the door, I got to have a whole nother emotion. You better put a smile on that face. You better get excited and act like you're happy to be here. And boy, it could happen quick. If only it happened that quick today. If only when I got angry, I could go into a room and shed some tears. And before I walk out that door, put a smile on my face. And you know, truthfully, it can be that easy if we would allow God to be God in our lives and we would talk to him and we would allow him to straighten us out from time to time and give us that attitude adjustment that we need. And there's times that it may be deeper than that. And I may have to go to a doctor. I may have to have some other kinds of help. Whatever it is that needs to happen, let it happen because God wants us to be whole. God wants us to be complete in him. The best way to get started is to get started. Decide that you want to change and start. You have all these people that do this keto diet. I much rather the Cheeto and Dorito diet. Because it takes time to change. It takes time to let this stuff take place that I want to take place. It doesn't happen overnight. I'm like, okay, I drank water last night and I hadn't lost any weight today. What's the problem? Well, it takes time. And we know that and we give room for that in everything else in life. Why don't you give yourself room in that? Why don't you say, you know what? I'm going to cut myself some slack and, and realize I'm not as bad as I think I am. I'm not the horrible person that I, I paint myself out to be. There's There's issues there. There's some things in my life and some emotions that I don't have a hold of, but that's okay. God's, he's still working on me. You see, we, we get up and we say, you know what, I'm going to do this, but then we fall and we fail. And sometimes that's it. We failed. But I challenge you, make up your mind, you're going to get back up and try again. Then the next time you may make it two days and then fall. That's okay. Get back up again. Go three days. Fall. You keep that cycle going and then you're going to get to a point where you don't remember the last time you fell. 
You don't remember the last time you slipped and messed up. You don't remember the last time you made a mistake because you continued trying. Athletes, they will sit and watch tapes after every game and before every game because they want to know what they did that did not work and they want to see what they did that did work. We ought to do the same thing with our life. When we mess up and we fail and we let an emotion out of control, okay, what caused that? What triggered that? So that doesn't happen again. So I don't allow that to happen in my life. What if we considered our lives and and took more investment in ourselves to say, let me control this. Learn how to continually reinforce those good habits. Paul said, finally, brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, Whatsoever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of good report, if there be any virtue and if there be any praise, think on these things. He also said, I think myself happy. One translation said, I consider myself highly favored. You can change a lot of things by changing your thinking. And saying, you know what, when I really stop and think about how good God has been, I realize I am highly favored. I am loved by God. I am His and He is mine. I'm not perfect, but I am forgiven. Amen? It doesn't come naturally, it doesn't come easy, but we have an ever-present help who is an all-seeing God. Who understands what we feel because he understands us. Let's all stand tonight. I'm so thankful that we can go to him to find all that we need. That in our pursuit of living for God, with that comes a desire to be whole. And sometimes that's immediate. That one touch in a service, their life is transformed and they're never the same. But on my part, it is a daily effort. A daily effort. I've got to die daily. I've got to crucify this flesh every day and not give it any room. We can go to Him to find all that we need. Salvation, peace, joy, And yes, even emotional wholeness. Whatever it is, He shall supply. There's a song that says, What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful who will all our sorrow share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. What a friend. What a friend we have in Jesus. To know that tonight, no matter what my emotions may be, 
How many of you have ever had problems dealing with your emotions? Just about everybody in here. Maybe there were too many tears shed. Maybe that bitterness went too far. Maybe that anger got further along the road than you wanted it to go. But can I tell you something? You're here tonight. You're still here tonight. Joy can be found. Salvation can be found. Peace can be found. Come on, would you lift your hands all over this house? Father, we love you tonight. We thank you, God, that you're our refuge. You're that place that we can come. That one that we can come to. You are our friend. You're our Savior. God, you desire for us to be whole. God, whatever that may look like, God, you know each one. You know the one that struggles with anger. You know the one that struggles with hurt and bitterness and discouragement. God, I pray tonight that you would lift the weary. God, I pray tonight that you would encourage those that are discouraged tonight. God, let us leave this place knowing, oh God, that your hand is upon us. God, let us see, oh God, the importance of learning how to control our emotions. God, that it is so important to do now because if I don't, God, I could be spreading it to somebody else. God, I don't want to poison your body. God, but rather I want to speak life. I want to speak encouragement. I want to have joy. I want to think myself happy. I want to consider myself highly favored. I want to wake up in the morning and say, I am loved. I am blessed. I am called. I am chosen by God. God, and we thank you for this night. I thank you for every soul that is here. Go with us tonight and lead us. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. And everyone said, Amen. Praise God. Love somebody tonight. Put that smiley face on your face tonight. Show somebody the joy of the Lord. Tell them how thankful you are that they are here tonight. Praise God.